Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. Also, just want to mention, if you haven't heard yet, I am speaking at the Self-Love Summit on, at the end of the week. So that will be on the Friday, that is the 22nd of February at 3 p.m. PST. Otherwise, I will be joined by international experts in nutrition, psychology, health coaches, yoga teachers, and more talking about how to cultivate self-compassion, how, how to understand and love yourself on a deeper level. Also learning simple tools to build healthy habits, improving the relationship with yourself and your body. We'll be going into different topics like gut healing, PMS, um, self-love, um, using the mindset to help achieve your goals. There's going to be so many topics, loads of prizes up for grabs worth over $3,000. So it's going to be an amazing, amazing event that's uh, happening all throughout this week. If you'd like to sign up, it's free. So the best place to sign up is uh, follow me on Facebook. I do have a link there. Otherwise, on my Instagram, I have a link of all of the events going on and that's just um, with my name so laurence.anez you can find me on instagram that's the easiest way to get all the links otherwise totally send me a message and i can send those to you but i would love to see you there it's going to be a really really informative event lots of inspiration and then the next week so on the 27th i will be having my live training all about pcos and weight loss so addressing holistic remedies why we have to address the underlying imbalances, what those may be, etc. So that's going to be um, a really cool event too. Live training, free for anybody who wants to attend. Same thing, um, the best place to find that is on my Facebook or my Instagram. Otherwise, if you have trouble navigating that, um, send me a message and we can chat about that and I'll give you the links. So without further ado, let's get this party started and let's get into this episode. Welcome, Michelle, to the Addicted to Healthy podcast. How's it going today? Hi, I'm glad to be here. It's going wonderful. I'm super excited to have you. Um, you have a very unique story, and I was just looking into you, and it looks like you have a lot of cert certifications, too, from holistic health and nutrition coach, athletic trainer, personal trainer, yoga teacher, Reiki practitioner. It's pretty rare to see all of that behind a name, and it's so broad, too. So, yeah, that's really awesome. And I know you have quite a story um, from where you started out and to where what you're doing today. So can you give us a little bit of a background to um, what you're doing and how you started out and how it led you to what you're doing today? Yes, absolutely. And thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I started out going to school for athletic training. I guess that's the best place to start. I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I loved also being outside and I love that athletic trainers could work with athletes on the field. And I love the connection that you got to know the athlete before they were injured. And if they're injured, you were the first one there. And then after that, you got to see them improve and they wanted to get better. And that's really the core of athletic training that I loved. But as I started to practice it and I got that job, I realized that maybe that wasn't exactly how I wanted to help people, if that makes sense. Like, there's always, it's tough when you're 18 and you have to decide, what do I want to be for the rest of my life? And so I practiced, I got the job, and I was realizing that I kind of felt like I was following a grocery list. You know, you graduate from high school, you go to college. After you go to college, you get the job and what you got the degree, and then you get the apartment, and then you get 
a proposal and then you have kids. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. What if I don't want this checklist of things? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> I feel the exact same way. <laughs> and I was like, where do I get to be like an amazing goddess or get to travel or get to see the world and make mistakes and get these stories to share? And along that way, when I, after I graduated college, I also got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis. And that kind of flipped my world upside down. So I was having all these symptoms. I was living on my own and I was just totally kind of overwhelmed with, okay, how do I fight this disease? Right away, I was like, I want to fight this. We kind of like all have this kind of fighter, I guess, in us, you know, like I went to Barnes and Noble. I remember it. I was like, I'm going to learn everything I need to know. I went to like the chronic illness section and I remember I got like IBS for dummies. I got like all these books and things like that. And I just like, I'm going to read, I'm going to learn. I like also felt like I was giving my power away to my doctors. I kind of was like, yes, I'll take all that medicine. Yes, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to feel better. And that kind of all came crashing down on me. <laughs> so I have so many questions for you, <laughs> but you were basically so diagnosed with colitis. And what did your um, journey look from there? So you started to research and then did you start to apply like the nutrition and everything? Um, did you take the medications or did you like refuse them? What did that look like? <laughs> so right away, I was just like, I'm going to trust these doctors, like they're doctors, they know best. And I just really put all my trust. I took all the medication. I was injecting Humira. I was taking steroids. I was taking suppositories. I was doing it all. And I felt so uncomfortable in my body. And I was like, there must be another way. And I just didn't know what that was at the time. I remember feeling so desperate. I even, I looked up like functional nutritionist on Google and I found a doctor. She was outside my, um, insurance. And I was like, I will pay whatever. I just need more answers. And that was like kind of a breaking point because she kind of didn't help. Like I was like giving my power away to someone else. I was like, I just want to know these answers. What is that answer? And she was like, it wasn't helpful. And I like left there and I was like, I, answers are within me. It's not going to be someone else telling me. And that's kind of what shifted my mind into, I need to get to the root cause. I need to swim upstream and I need to start listening to my body and what it needs. And that's when I started to stop taking the medication. I stopped giving all my power away, if that makes sense. Totally. I also feel the same way. I had a similar experience. And yeah, I was just going from, obviously there were practitioners who helped me a lot, but there were also a lot of them who didn't do much um, and didn't have any answers. And it was really until I was like, okay, it's my responsibility to do this. And as you said as well, it's a lot of inner wisdom as well. I think that's huge. And the mindset is a huge part of it as well. So now you are apparently off medication, correct? Yes. So kind of that breaking point of I want to take the power into my own hands. I want to ask those questions that matter. Like it's okay to ask those tough questions. It's okay to kind of get to that root cause. Like the symptoms, you don't want to kill the messenger. The symptoms are just the messenger and getting to why is this symptom coming up for me and getting deeper? And that's when I was like, I want to take the power into my hands and I want to learn more. So that's how I was like, I want to learn yoga. I want to teach this. I went to IIN for health coaching and I was like, what's this integrative functional way of learning your body? What works well for me might not work well for someone else. All that bio individually, bio individual, how do you say bio individuality? Bio yeah, it's very hard, <laughs> but I did IIN too. So I totally know what you mean. <laughs> it's not coming off. <laughs> And that's where I got introduced to 
this energy healing and Reiki. And I was like, oh my God, yes, this makes sense. This feels so aligned. I found a community online and that was so empowering just to surround myself with other like-hearted women that also were incredible. And that kind of really opened the gate to me then shifting not only my healing journey, but then how I was living my life day to day. And it really woke me up to, I don't want to just be paying bills. Like I used to have fear just getting mail that opening up that bill and it was another medical bill that I was like, how am I going to pay this? How is this going to happen? But also we pay, we have the jobs to pay the rent and the rent to show off our houses to people that don't really matter. And so about three months ago, this is even huger. Me and my partner, we were like, my boyfriend, we were like, we want to make these stories and travel the world. And I was really big on, I'm not going to heal where I got sick. And we bought an RV and we are currently traveling full time on the road. I love it so much. So you just decided to quit your job and travel in an RV. Um, Was that a difficult decision? Was it something that you decided like one day and then it just happened or was it like a lot of planning into that? Absolutely a lot of planning. Um, We saved a lot and it was really important to live kind of now. Like one day I was just working and the next day I couldn't get out of bed. Like sickness kind of, I think, was a huge motivator for me that you never know what could happen when that someday is going to be. I think my whole life I've heard my parents say like, we're going to get an RV and we're going to do these things. And I didn't want to wait till like that someday. I was like, now is an amazing time. We don't mind boondocking right now. We're in the middle of Arizona desert and we don't mind that. Do you know, like we don't have all the luxuries and stuff. Like we don't mind camping. We don't mind being a little smelly. We want to do those big hikes and I find that nature is also so incredibly healing and I haven't felt this good in a really, really long time on my healing journey. So how did this decision change your health physically, mentally, and emotionally? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, How long has it been that you've been on the road? So we bought, it's a 24 foot motor home and we got it in July actually. And we're like, first, let's see if we fit in the space. Do we like the space? Let's do it. We had our full-time jobs then. And then we decided on the road November 1st. And it's been amazing. It's been the food that we have a fridge. I get to cook 99% of my meals. And we're getting them at a local farmer's market. We're getting it at the grocery store and then using it right away. We're outside in nature every day and just things like that. And I'm working online as a health coach as well while we do this, which has been so amazing. Wow. And so this is just something that I would really want to do too. And I know a lot of people out there want to do that as well. They're in a job that they don't like or they're stuck in, you know, a situation that's just not fulfilling them. So do you have any recommendations for someone who wants to do that, whether it be traveling or just, you know, pursue their passion and just get rid of the stuff that's, you know, like you mentioned, like the thing that we kind of have to follow, like go to school, graduate, get a job, get married, buy the house, et cetera. Like we don't have to follow that path. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are starting to realize that, especially this generation. Um, but it can also be difficult because, you know, we're not expected to go down the other route. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to somebody who wants to kind of follow their passion or ditch that kind of responsibilities that we are given, you know, in society or 
yeah. or when we graduate, what would you say to somebody who wants to, you know, find their purpose and just go for it? I think just stop waiting for permission. Stop waiting for that permission slip to come and just start now. Start while you're scared. Start when you're not ready. Not everything is going to be lined up. I waited a really long time for everything to be perfect or I'd kept pushing off an excuse of like, well, I'll start when this happens or when that happens or when I finally get the approval from so-and-so. Like you, I'm at one point I had to tell my mom, I was like, we're doing this and I just need your support at this point. I don't, need you to agree or fully do you know I just was like I need you just to support me because I'm doing this and I would just to say like maybe you don't understand but you love me and that you will still support me while I go on this adventure completely Um, and I think that it's important that if it's you know your gut instinct you know what you want then I mean it's great if you have the support of other people but at the end of the day if they don't agree with it then you just got to go with your gut feeling, you know, because otherwise you can have so many regrets down the line. And for me too, I know a lot of people just wait till they're retired or whatever, but for me as well, like if I'm, you know, young and like I'm able to move properly and I feel good, then I kind of want to have these experiences when I'm young compared to when I'm older, who knows what could happen, you know, or even mm-hmm. if I, if I die tomorrow, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think I, I totally agree with that. It's, it can be scary, but I don't think it's anything anybody will ever regret. And worst case, if it doesn't work out, you can go back to how it was before, but I don't think most people do that because it ends up being better. Right. Yeah. Someone once told me they were like, think of what could happen. Like, what are all the great things? Like, oh, I'll work full time. I'll get to see these amazing places, meet these people. And I was like, what's the worst case scenario? Oh, the worst case scenario is that it doesn't work out and I'm back working at this. I'm already living the worst case scenario. The only thing that can get better is like to do it. And that was really eye opening. And you're People won't like to put you in a box. They like to be like, oh, she did go to college and now she has it. It makes people feel comfortable and people don't like being uncomfortable. So when you do these things that are a little bit different or maybe feel right to you, but maybe not someone else, it makes other people super uncomfortable and they don't like that. So you got to just be okay making other people uncomfortable. And And it also kind of, it can be scary to some people because they might not be living their purpose or Mm -hmm. following their dreams. And when they see somebody else doing it, then they feel threatened or they feel like, oh, maybe I should be doing that, but they lack the courage or whatever, you know what I mean? And then it's also something that a lot of people find risky, but I think it's a lot riskier to stay in this kind of like dead end job that's not going to get you anywhere, that's not making you happy, right? That's a huge risk. I think that's a bigger risk to take. So I applaud you for doing that. Yes, thank you. And there's the flip flip side that like, when you do start to live your, speak your truth and live authentically to you, you are like giving others then permission to do that as well. Like I remember that like there were a few people that I saw online doing this and just them sharing their story a little bit. I'm like, she's traveling with chronic illness. Like it gives you that little bit of like, there's one person I know, like it makes it more real as well. So hopefully I'm also showing like you can hike with IBD, it shouldn't stop you from getting outside. Like, yes, I hike with toilet paper and baby wipes sometimes, but it is part of it. It shouldn't make you not do it. Yeah, you're leading by example. And so I want to ask you, how are you managing your health whilst traveling? Is it more of a challenge or how are you keeping up with that? I think it is definitely a challenge. It's not always like sunshine and rain. You know what I'm, it's definitely challenging and it's 
listening to my body. It's what do I need today? Like, oh, we might need a lazy day. I might say, hey, can we go somewhere with full hookups so we can like have electricity and running water and shower and let's have a really mellow day. This is really what I need. And just asking for what I need when I need it. Like what food is really nourishing? Like I just need to cook this big pot of soup or these really rooted vegetables. Like, or maybe I just need to move my body or I think taking time in the morning, I kind of create an altar. (laughs) It's a tiny space. So I have like a drawer that I have all my stuff and I'll open up the drawer and I'll set up an altar and I'll meditate and I'll take space and I'll journal and what's coming up for me today. What do I need to feel better? Like there are also days that I feel like junk and that is okay. That shall pass. Um, One of the things that I think I listened to a lecture off the bat and they're talking about this too shall pass. Like the good when you feel great and we are going on these amazing hikes and I feel so energized, that feeling might pass as well as when I feel sick and gross. And I got like, they're called mantra bands. They're like this little gold thing. And it says this too shall pass. So when I don't feel good, I'm like, this is just a symptom and this will go away. Like I believe that I am healing that sometimes you get stuck when you're like, you have chronic illness that you're chronically always going to feel sick, but it's, they come and go and really tuning into, okay, how can I move my body in a loving way? It's not getting rid of all the things I feel like I'm supposed to do. Like we're doing this. We feel like we're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. I feel like I'm supposed to do, I don't like getting rid of those shoulds and getting rid of the supposed to, and instead being like, what do we need? How do I feel? What does my body need? How can I love and support it today? Yeah. I think it's also dangerous to identify yourself with, as a disease, like I used to do that too with my PCOS, like, oh, I have PCOS. Like it was an excuse for everything. Yes. But you are more than that. Like you are a human being, <laughs> you know, like you might have something going on, but at your core, you're a human being who is supposed to feel like healthy and abundant and happy and all of that. So yeah, I think it's really important to understand what you need at certain times. And then also being able to accept that, you know, there's going to be some not so good days, but uh, yeah, I don't know about you this weekend with the, Oh yeah, and all of that. I was like crying and feeling oh, yeah. like weird emotions. But before it would have been like different coping mechanisms would have set in, and I would have been like, "Why am I feeling like this? Like this is not okay." But it's allowing yourself to feel that and understanding why you're feeling that, and then just knowing that there's going to be an upside to this. Like it's not mm-hmm. always going to be down, right? It's going to go up and down. So I think that's really important too, um, because we can't just be feeling numb or feeling good all the time like it's going to be up and down so it's important to to understand that for sure and so you're big on the energy healing so I'm guessing you've used that on yourself and with clients or just for yourself in your own healing journey um both yes I first I got it on myself like I was open to it and I learned about it and you kind of try everything on yourself I feel like first and when it starts to work you're like oh my god this is amazing like how can I then use this to help others and that's kind of how it came about and can you explain to our listeners what is energy healing um just for me it's kind of what I said before getting to the root cause of that illness like no longer putting band-aids on the symptoms I think that's why I was frustrated I'd go to the doctor and I would say maybe like oh I I'm going to be like, I would go to the bathroom a lot during the day. And instead they would be like, well, here's a pill to stop that. Or I have a lot of inflammation in my body. Well, here's an injection. And instead of just putting those band-aids on the symptoms, listening to to them and then kind of 
going upstream is kind of how I imagine it and going, where's the symptom coming from? So a lot of that taking autoimmune. So autoimmune is basically your body attacking itself. And so I looked into my everyday life and where am I attacking myself? Oh, every time I looked in the mirror, I was attacking myself. I wasn't saying kind words. I was basically telling my body, I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. I was grabbing that piece of fat under your like belly button being like, if, if only this was flat, then I would be worthy enough. If only this was happening, then I'd be worthy. So I was attacking myself in my day-to-day life and that then resonated, I believe, like as symptoms and that came up for my body and my body started then attacking itself and your body listens to what you're saying and your thoughts and they I believe they are so powerful and these energies in our body can get blocked when we are having these negative emotions and notice your thoughts and how you speak to yourself and I had to learn to trust my gut and when I first thought about that I was like I have no idea what my gut is even saying I have no idea what my body actually needs because I've been telling it not to do these certain things. Does that make sense? Totally. I cannot agree more. Um, For me, I started out with like, you know, the conventional route and then the natural route and the nutrition and everything. But then I was like, this is not working anymore. And it wasn't until I addressed my, you know, mental state, the emotions, why I was Mm -hmm. feeling like this, what I was doing to attack myself, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And then that made a huge shift in my health too. And I see that with my own clients as well. So energy is really connected to our physical well-being. There's even like scientific studies behind this. Uh, Chinese medicine has been saying this for so long. Yes. How it's even different organs can be affected by different emotions. Like mm-hmm. one of the big ones is like the liver and anger. Um, and then you can like even hear about these incredible, incredible healing stories about people who address those different emotions or, you know, how they're attacking themselves. And yeah, miracle healing stories. It's just crazy how, I mean, it does make sense because the mind is connected to the body um, on a physical level. But um, I think it's something that is definitely missing in most people's healing journeys and in their lives in general, even if you're not dealing with like a chronic disease or whatever, um, just to improve your quality of life and then also attract things that you want. Um, addressing the mind is so important. So how do you say somebody could practice energy healing if they're like, what is this? I have no idea where to start. Um, Where's a good place to start? I think just first getting quiet and finally listening to your body, like just finding that silence. So often we have like noise going and we have our screens. And I think the hardest part was me to get still and find silence and being okay with getting quiet with my body because sometimes you're like I don't want to know what my body has to say I don't want to because there's stuff that comes up and it's really powerful sometimes so I think first you have to want to heal that's the first some people are so identified kind of what you're saying with your illness like I was so identified for a while with oh I have chronic illness I have ulcerative colitis that defines me mindset right yeah so first you have to be like I want to heal I'm more than this diagnosis I'm willing to get uncomfortable in this healing process because there are things that come up. Like there were lots of tears for me and getting real on those limiting beliefs, like what's holding you back and addressing that. And so finding time in your day to just create space, I would say is that first part of this. And then there's a lot like then there, I first was just finding that time of 
morning stillness, that meditation, even if it's three deep breaths, when you get super overwhelmed, like that is just going to shift right away. Just breathing, focusing on your breath. And then that's when I dove into like chakra energy and I was like, oh my God, look how much more there is to this. Yes. And I definitely want to get into the chakras too, but I think it's really important that you mentioned that because getting still and silence is definitely the best way to like feel what's going on in your body and to also kind of receive guidance as well. Like if you're feeling like you don't know what to do, you can get answers that way. Um, and then it's also, yeah, to become aware of your energy um, and to be able to shift it. If we're constantly being bombarded by like technology or people, then we're never really getting in tune with our bodies. So yeah, as you mentioned, even three minutes or deep breathing or whatever, that's super important. And it's just consistently adding that into your routine. Uh, that's a great way. Like meditation, journaling have really helped me as well. And those are really simple tools you can use for free anywhere. Doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. Um, you can even like meditate like in public and, you know, just pretend uh, you don't yeah. have to be closing your mind, your eyes, you know, you could be walking or whatever. Um, so yeah, those are great tips um, to use wherever you are. And, so I want to get into the chakras and you also do something unique with your clients, which is using workouts and training sessions balanced with the chakra. So depend, depending on the chakra imbalances. So can you talk a little bit about, first of all, what are the chakras for people who are not familiar with it? Yes. So what inspired me was while all this was happening, I was also personal training with clients and I was teaching all these workout classes. And a lot of times I realized that the weight we carry is much more than the pounds on the scale. And I was like, there's so much more going on in these people's lives than this 20 minute workout isn't going to help them let go of some of the things they're trying to let go of. And then while I was doing all this personal training, I was also going on this healing journey and I was like, oh my God, I can combine these two things. And I was like, so often I would just get a workout online that said on Monday you do this, Tuesday you do this, Wednesday you do this. And I was like, this doesn't feel aligned to me. Like I felt like I was forcing myself. I wasn't enjoying the workout. And I was like, how do I create a workout that is aligned with what my body needs? And this is how it came about. So it's the first one I created was one based on the chakras. So the chakras are your seven energy systems they affect like every part of your body so there's seven in total and when they're like balanced and flowing you feel like a rock star you feel amazing i just picture like dancing when they feel in tune because dancing is like full body vulnerability i think Brene brown called it and i love that she called it that um but when these energy systems are blocked or like unbalanced that's when these negative emotions come up these are when you have these physical symptoms come up um that can turn into illness. It can turn into lack of love or like self-purpose in yourself. And all of these chakras are connected to different parts of our body, whether organs, tissues, or bones, and they each have their own color and they vibrate at different frequencies. Um, so if you've ever felt like sluggish or like angry for no reason, or like even if you've ever felt like lonely, that could be a blockage in these energy systems. So like these random symptoms are actually our chakras and our energy triggering and telling us something is wrong. So when you do have these random, what seem like random symptoms, they're actually our energy being blocked and coming up through our bodies as symptoms. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. 
I think I studied this as well, but I definitely have to like review them. I know that like the crown chakra is more like about your purpose mm -hmm. and things like that, right? Like yeah, you, so what your kind of your purpose is and feeling fulfilled. So yeah. how would that? Could you give us some, some examples? Yeah. So the seven, and then I'm gonna go through them real quick. The root awesome. is at the base of your spine. This one's the color red, and that's all about basic survival needs. Like I feel safe. So when your root chakra is balanced, you feel like stable. Like if you met a person, you're like, they are grounded. Like I like, there's some people you just know and you're like, they're very grounded, like very down to earth is kind of how we describe them. But this one is also linked to like trauma. It could be poor bonding with your parents. This one gets unbalanced when there's any sort of like abuse in your past. So there could be a lot of blockages in this root chakra if those things are coming up. So each of these chakras have like, these are the symptoms you feel when they're balanced and these might be when they're unbalanced. And it's very, it's a scale. It's not like a switch, like, oh, now it's unbalanced. Now I feel unsafe. Like there's definitely a spectrum that they go on. Your second chakra is your sacral. This is right below your belly button. And this is like your emotional, all your emotions. This is orange in color. This is like warm. This is like has to do with like your womb space, which is like so much creativity. Like we create life in this space. So it's all about relationships and laughter and creativity and whatever that may be. You go up to your third one. That's your solar plexus. Solar plexus. It's yellow. This is like self-esteem. That inner fire is all in your solar plexus. Solar plexus. <laughs> I'm like tripping with my words today. Sorry. Um, this is with digestion. So with IBD, my two that were unbalanced the most and is super common is your solar plexus and your sacral. So those together I really focus on with my clients that have like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's or anything like that. Um, you keep going up, you have your heart chakra. It's where your heart right on your chest. It's green or pink. And this is all about that unconditional love, not only for others, but for yourself. A lot of the thing you hear is the airplane where the oxygen mask, like put it on yourself before you help others. That's all about your heart chakra. Love yourself before you can love anyone else, which is so easy to say and so hard to put into practice. So that one, I feel like we're all working on always. Your throat chakra is blue. It's right at your neck. This is about speaking authentically, communication. Speaking your truth is also super hard. So if you get a lot of sore throats and things like this, that could be, that could be your throat chakra being unbalanced we then have our third eye which is right between our eyebrows this is dark blue and this is just you know things like when you're like i just have that feeling like i know this that can be intimidating but it's also so powerful when you use it and this is like that sensitivity if you like i know that i'm a highly sensitive person like i feel like i feel things so deeply and i used to just cry a lot <laughs> and now i've learned how to like protect my energy and that is huge so this is all about energy protection and when your third eye is unbalanced it can manifest in headaches and things like that and then that seventh chakra is your crown chakra this can be like purple or white and this is like your place in the world your life path universal like spirituality and all those things so they all have their like specific things that they tend to and when they're balanced you just feel like amazing like yes girl like, so it's a lot of inner work that you have to do for that yes and they're constantly like i feel like it's not like oh they're balanced i'm good see ya like 
every day it's working on them. I lay out actually crystals during my altar space and I'll put a pendulum over all of them and see where is there blockages in my chakras? What do I need to focus on today? And so how do you use that with workout specifically? So that's what I think is so cool. So not only is it, I just was like, there needs to like these chakras rep, like correspond with our body system. Like how do we move these in a loving way that also wakes them up and gets that energy flowing. So I created workouts that like physical workouts, like body weight moves. But then I also did a program where I each time we were doing a chakra workout, there was a meditation piece, there was a yoga component, and then there was that workout. So the root chakra was a lot of legs and power, like feeling safe, like sturdy, a little bit of balancing. And then you get to something like your heart and you're doing a lot of chest, a lot of heart opening. And it's just so much more intentional. And that's what I wanted. I wanted a workout that I was like, this is real. Like not only are the meditation getting you to think about your heart chakra, like, oh, how am I able to forgive? Where do I feel unworthy? Like, and then you're doing these moves for those muscles and Oh, it's just all encompassing and it's just so yes like I just don't know how else I just was like once I started working out like this I was like I feel so aligned and like so in tune like you're putting your mind in your muscles and you're putting your mind in your body and you're not just like blasting music and being like when are these burpees gonna end I don't want to <laughs> be here you're looking at the clock you're like pausing the workout you're like I don't even know if I need to finish it like I was, it's like no death by treadmill in any capacity. <laughs> so it's like focusing on certain body parts and muscles in according to like which chakras are in balance. So for instance, if it's like upper body or lower body kind of thing. Uh, kind of yes and no. So like each chakra will get its own workout. So you can okay. kind of do them in order if you wanted, or you can also say like, oh, I feel so super like my throat chakra is not I'm having a really hard time speaking what I want to say like and then you can do a workout that then opens up that and allows you so it will be movements that like maybe it's I don't I'm trying to think of like how to word it. I'm sorry that I'm having a second it must be something obviously it's easier to see than explain it you know yeah and each workout is just like a quick body weight you don't need a lot of equipment this isn't something you need to go to a gym for it's like your sacral maybe it's just which one am i thinking of hold on let me take a second no um so like your heart once again it's all like getting your heart pumping like there might be jumping jacks there's all these big power moves and to accelerate that heart rate that's really what i'm focusing on in the heart chakra okay. workout and then the root chakra it's a lot of i have one strength move and then i have a power move using those same muscles and then it's a fine-tuning little pulsing so you're really just so i change which workout like there's a hit workout one of the chakras there's way more yoga and slow intentional movements in the crown chakra so what you really need your sacral chakra, I think there's one part where you just dance is part of the workout because moving your hips is so powerful to awaken your sacral chakra. 
Amazing. I love it. I'm so obsessed. And I think this is definitely the first time I've heard of this. Um, and then we're obviously going to chat about how we can, you know, find your services and how you can work with people. Cause I think a lot of people will be very intrigued by this. Um, but it does make a lot of sense for sure. Cause even in nutrition school, I learned about this too, but then it does make sense to link them all together, whether that be like emotional health um, blockages in your relationships or your career or mm -hmm. any, you know, symptoms coming up physically, but then also like your workout routine and your goals and everything. So it all works together, right? So it totally makes sense that you're using them together. And the last thing I wanted to touch on is yoga and meditation, because I know um, you're very big on that as well. So how, do, how does that enhance your results in physical well-being? I know a lot of people, I do recommend this a lot with my clients too, but they usually have a lot of resistance around it and think that it's just like a waste of time to slow down and they don't have time for that and it's not going to help like make them stronger or whatever. Um, so how can that really help us become stronger and enhance our own goals? Yes, that's such a great question. And I hear people say all the time, like, I'm too busy. Like, there's that busy word that I just think is so yucky. Like, yeah, especially as women, like, we're told, like, being busy is a badge of honor. Like, oh, you're busy. That's so great. Like, you should have, like, your to-do list. Like, that's never reachable. And there's no pride in being busy. Like, what are you busy with? And re-evaluating that, I think, is, okay, where can you create that space? You if you're saying you're just too busy to do it, you're never going to make that time. Like, what are you, like, what is this busy mean to you? And I think defining like, how do you, I just it's find busy. So yes. Um, and making yourself a priority. And that's hard. Like there are a lot of women that have a lot of other people depending on them and taking a moment to just love yourself and taking a moment to spend time with yourself. And when you do that, you then are able to help others more. And I think sticking with it and not being stuck on the fact, am I doing this right? Am I feeling it? Oh, I think I am meditating. Oh no, I'm not. Like it's super easy to get overwhelmed and be like, I don't think I'm doing it right. Or it doesn't make sense. Or Yeah. I think that's a big one too. Even for me, it, I'm still working through this because I also have that kind of busy badge of honor. And yeah. I, I've definitely like gotten this from like, you know, family and things like that and society in general um but it's also like meditation was so hard for me and it was such a big like resistance and I was like this is a waste of my time like I don't I don't have time for this and then I, was, I have so many thoughts that come up you know like mm -hmm. and then you're like oh this is not working because I just keep thinking about stuff but I think it also is really important to understand that meditation looks different for everybody. Like for instance, I will do it in my bed now and I feel amazing just like mm -hmm. waking up or going to bed and just being in a meditative state, whatever that means. Um, but what does meditating really mean to you specifically? Yes. I love it. Like, and I am opposite. I can't meditate in bed because I literally will just be so sleep. I like fall. Like I feel <laughs> like I'm like dreaming. And I think that's what's so cool is there, we have an image in our mind, everyone of what, oh, it's someone sitting in this state of peace and like mm -hmm. make it your own. Like meditating a lot of the time for me is hiking on a trail, but quietly just walking, like putting my feet into the earth. One of my favorite meditations is looking at myself in a mirror because the mirror can sometimes bring up a lot of stuff and we don't like to do it, but putting on your favorite song and just looking at yourself in the eyes and just being still like, so you can kind of make it this authentic, like maybe your meditation because meditation just for me is just noticing, taking time to be present. We can't be connected all the time. And 
if your mind wanders, that's okay, but just come back to that, be where your feet are. And that might be meditating for you might be through movement. It might be putting on just a song and dancing and just not talking, maybe just like moving and just being in your body. And maybe even when you're brushing, like creating that time, it could just be like brushing your teeth and just making that eye contact in the mirror. I know that I used to hate doing dishes and making dishes kind of a little meditative state. Like instead of being like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate doing dishes, they're so dirty, blah, 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 blah. Like making myself a victim, like poor me, I have to do these dishes. Like instead I would feel the water on my hands and feel the soap and be grateful that I was able to cook this meal and these dishes were great and now I'm reusing the dishes and not like creating waste and anything like that. And so even doing dishes became kind of a sacred space of just cleaning and getting them ready for the next meal and just being in that moment and being where my feet are and not just like waiting for it to get over, waiting for the next moment and going, going, going. So however to make meditation authentic and what feels good for you, it doesn't have to be just like sitting, putting on a timer, or putting on an app. It can be a little bit more authentic, I feel like. Yeah, I love that. And that took me a while to understand too, because I think we all, yeah, we all have this vision of what it should be and we have to do it for an hour, but we definitely don't. And you can definitely start like with baby steps as well and just like make it fit into how you want it to feel like and what you need. Um, So how would you say for me, definitely I started out with apps um, and timers, but now I've kind of, you know, gone on to other things how would you say if somebody's like a beginner has never meditated before um any tips for them on how to start uh yeah i would say like first if you are in a family you're something like i need this space for me and find a place where you can get just be alone like that might look like a car that might look like your bathroom like somewhere that you can just get and be with yourself it I just no more like I should do this or it should be that. Like I'm really trying to get rid of those shoulds. Like there is no should. It's to like tap in what works for me. Okay. So you found this spot like me. It's at our like kitchen table. Like that's a spot that I really love. And it's how do you make that space sacred now? Like what maybe it is having a journal out. Maybe you process through journaling. Maybe it is just taking a few deep breaths. Maybe it's writing a question. It could be pulling a card if you have like a deck that you like, like a deck of art, oracle cards. But then just sitting, I like to just focus on my breath. So notice where you feel it. Maybe you feel it in your nose. Maybe you feel it in your throat, in your chest. Um, And what I like to do at first, because I was always in my head, was just to count my breaths to 10 and then start back over. And maybe you do that three times. If you mind wanders it's okay forgive it and bring it right back to the moment every time you do that with your mind when it wanders and you bring it back it's like doing a bicep curl for your brain it's so amazing and it makes your brain stronger and being okay like maybe your timer set for two minutes and you do it and that's a small victory and be like yes and just be excited that you did it and then schedule when you want to do it again and I think if we are that busy and scheduling a time to make it happen like and say it out loud. I know I tell my boyfriend, like, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do this out here. So I've already said it. I've made it real. And maybe that's telling a girlfriend or it's telling a friend to hold you accountable. I think having support and feeling supported on this journey, because I know as soon as I started making it a daily practice, like how I spoke to those I love changed, how I spoke to myself changed. So then noticing 
how your day-to-day life changes and seeing that progress. And maybe that progress is by journaling after and you're like, oh my God, look at all these thoughts I had and look at how these ideas I created. I love it. So where can we find you, Michelle? What are you up to? I know you're on the road, so you're obviously not like seeing people in person, but um, yeah, what are you up to and uh, what's going on for you right now? Yeah, so I created the Chakra Workouts, which you can download for free on my website, which is sunnysideupliving.com. And then I also have been working with the moon. Like you said, the full moon energy has been so powerful. Um, And so I am also creating moon workouts that go along with our cycle, which is so incredible. So just making workouts that feel in tune with us that you can do anywhere. I literally do them in this campground on the side of the RV. So you just need your body. And I'm also on Instagram, which is sunny side up autoimmune, all spelt normal, one word. And you will see me. We are currently just traveling. We are in Arizona right now trying to stay warm. Um, we're hiking and having a great time. And yes, I am taking one-on-one clients as well. If this is something that you have always been interested in, but you're like, I don't know, I would love to give you a free 50-minute one-on-one call just to discover if we would be a good match. And this is something that really resonates with you. Amazing. I love the work that you're doing and I definitely want to check out the workouts. That sounds so cool. And I'm definitely into like cycle syncing, especially, you know, for women's hormones and all of that. Um, And then for me, when I do my workouts, like at specific times during my cycle, you know, our energy fluctuates, we feel different. um, And it also um, can affect our results, what we're doing too at different times of the cycle. So I think that's really cool, especially with the moon as well, because our cycle does go along with the moon and it does follow that as well that's awesome to tie that all together so that's so cool i definitely want to check that out so all of the links will be in the um, show notes and i will definitely include those for our listeners to check out thank you so much for coming on this was a really cool uh, conversation and um, i wish you the best of luck with your travels and um yeah that sounds like a really cool um opportunity that you have going on and i'm so excited that you took the lead because it sounds like you are in your zone now Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being on the show. Um, and if you see me traveling anywhere in your area, let me know and I'd love to meet up with you. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're on kind of the West coast yeah. side. So I'm Vancouver. So if you decide to go up North, probably yes. after springtime, I would say would be best, but <laughs> yeah, definitely meet up. Awesome. Thank you.